You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carlos Devings, Matt Smith and Neville Bounds. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 243 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me in the PTUK studios this week, as always, the man pushing all the right buttons, I hope, it's Matt Smith. <laughs> and today some of the wrong ones as well, but there we are, it's all part of the fun. Oh, are you dear. okay, Matt? You're, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Just to lie down in a darker room, oh, I'll be fine. <laughs> how's, you, how's your process of this, uh, this Oh, week? no, no the, the tower itself is fine. We're having a few broadband issues here. It's 13% currently. Oh, good. Uh, we're having a few broadband issues here at PTUK uh studios um but uh, we'll, we'll survive i'm excellent. sure excellent yes. excellent <laughs> so joining us as well this week as always is uh someone who's had an incredibly busy but very very good day indeed and he's going to tell us a little bit about it quickly so welcome neville bounds good evening everybody it's uh yes nev here and it's been quite a day let me tell you um yes we went down to wiltshire with captain nick and uh i took the um uh, the PTUK outside broadcast unit with me in the back of my car <laughs> um, because we were interviewing uh, Sir Richard Johns and uh, what a great day it was and uh, we'll be talking about that later on in the show uh, because we've got some serious content to share with you uh, later on and uh, it was I, i'm really pleased that it's one of those interviews and he's such a fantastic gentleman he gave so much so i'm really looking forward to sharing that with everybody as soon as we can yeah it's safe to say nev that it uh, definitely sounds like you had an incredibly good day across there but I, I will say nev it's been really really foggy here in the east part of uh east east anglia here in the uk i'm guessing you had a bit better weather your way for the drive no actually it was definitely cat three uh weather oh. i would say <laughs> and as you drive down to where sir richard's house is it's about 10 miles south of um Stonehenge and of course you go across those big army ranges and it says wow. you know, beware tanks and this sort of <laughs> stuff but I'm sort of just sort of making sure yeah. that there's not yeah. stuff what, watching out across for... the road or being shot at yeah uh, I can say watching out for low flying <laughs> shells uh, is, is always the, the way forward isn't it you certainly don't want to get hit yeah. by one of them no <laughs> exactly but uh, no, it was a great day today so uh, and uh, yeah c- couldn't ask for anything more mm. and uh, Captain Nick has got some nice photos as well uh, as you'd expect and uh, yeah, really, really delighted with. Uh, well, we're looking with forward to that. We are, yeah, looking really forward to seeing forward the result. Nev, can't wait. Yeah. On the subject of photos as well, I uh, just want to give a quick mention to Jonathan Warner. Jonathan's uh, sent us in some photos into uh, the PTUK officers uh, this week. Uh, I am going to get those printed out and get mm. those behind us here on the PTUK studio wall. And uh, I had a look, quick look through some of the photos that uh, Mr. Warner sent us, and there's some incredible shots there. I'm really looking forward to getting those printed out on uh, some fancy photo paper mm. for everyone to see. So thanks for that, Jonathan. Well done. And don't forget, if you want to send us in a photo, one of your aviation-themed photos, um, to go on the wall behind us here in the studio, just send us... Uh, e- you can send us either by post, or you can send us a picture through, uh, through to our email address, 
uh, details at the end of the show, and we can print that out and put on the wall behind yeah, us. Yeah, absolutely. So the intention is to fill this wall behind us. Fill it. With lots fill of uh, yes. uh, aviation-related Saves us painting. Saves yeah, us yeah, yeah, right. painting. Yeah. painting yeah. So we're going to welcome everyone uh, who has joined us this evening in the live YouTube chat room. It is the 16th of November, just coming up to 26 minutes past seven in the evening here in the UK. Yep. We're a little and, bit uh, late. A little today. bit late. Uh, <laughs> but welcome to, uh, to Mashes. Mashes in the chat room. Evan Shue. We've got Andreas Norden. Uh, Auntie Liz is in the chat room. Uh, Jenny in Rome. Hello to you, Jenny. And we have got, just scrolling up the list here, Dave Abbey. Hello to you, Dave. That must be, must be late or early mm. where Dave is. Uh, we have Dave got Abbey's in New York. Oh, that is, yes. Uh, no, it's early. Actually, yeah, so it's it? uh, afternoon. afternoon yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where they have some snow. Snow, on. yeah. yeah. Uh, Tanya W as well in the chat room Uh, I say Lane Street yeah I did say Lane didn't I yeah and our main man Micah as well is in the chat room he's uh, wielding the blue spanner of death of course Uh, Andrew Wilson hello to you Andy hope you're well Uh, Jeff Braithwaite uh, is in the chat room and just scrolling up hope I haven't missed anyone but welcome to everyone who's joined us uh, for tonight's live show so we've got loads of stuff to get through in this week's show, loads of news stories from the week. We've also got uh, a really great cracking piece of uh, um, feedback from uh, Evan Shu. Oh, ta- um, Tanya is also in um, New York as well. Oh, Tanya's in New York. And we've uh, yeah got the piece from Evan Shu, which uh, features uh, Matthew Bunting frame and him in the SR22. Mm. Andreas. Oh, yes, did I did met, say. Oh, did you? Oh, yes, sorry. I, did I wasn't listening. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's right, Matt. He's been a stress, bless him. <laughs> uh, we've also got some military news, and we've also got a, some audio as well that uh, Nev done uh, with Tony S as well, mm. coming up later on the show. Nev done, honestly. Oh, it Nev did. <laughs> done. Oh, blimey. Anyway, before I s- say something <laughs> silly, nasty to Matt, uh, we are going to start the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt. I certainly am. And if you're ready, Nev. I'm done. Let's go. <laughs> and he pressed the wrong button. Brilliant. Lovely. Oh, Let's do that well again, done. shall we? So, kicking off this week's first news story, then this one is on the news dot or news eighteen dot com website, and uh, we've been always talking on the show about uh, luggage being thrown around airports, uh, you know, the tarmacs and stuff, and being thrown and crushed and run over and you know stuff like that on the show the stuff that really makes us passengers happy but uh, this story has got uh, a different kind of twist but still involving luggage so the headline is airline arrives with passengers in singapore but leaves their luggage behind in england wow yeah so the story then so tasteless food turbulence crying babies potential drunk and racist co-passengers who really wants another bottle of wine (laughs) apart from the fact that it's the fastest way to get somewhere uh, flight travel doesn't really have a lot going for it there's also the fear of lost baggage a fear that was perfectly and horribly exemplified in a recent incident in a flight from england to singapore a norwegian aircraft flying from gatwick in the uk here to Singapore uh, was to depart just before midnight on Monday this week but the 787 aircraft was heavy with fuel for the 12 hour long journey 
Gatwick Airport has two runways, the main one and a shorter standby runway, but the main runway was being temporarily closed between 10.30pm and 6am for maintenance work. Fair enough. Since the plane was required to reduce weight so as to comply with present uh, uh, preset performance limits, its captain ordered the bags of reportedly 70 passengers to be removed from the hold. Wow. Oh dear. The Independent reported that Sophie Webb, who is flying to Singapore to take up a new job, claimed that at the end of the long-haul flight she waited at the baggage carousel for quite some time before, before being informed of a list of 70 or more names whose luggage had been left behind. Webb then completely uh, completed a property irregularity report before leaving the airport and she was quoted saying that she'd rang the help desk in Singapore but got no answer. Uh, she had to buy new clothes as she had nothing to wear and uh, uh, when her mother back in the UK got through to Norwegian she was told that the bag would arrive within five days. Compounding the inconvenience, Webb was then told uh, to claim any expenses from her travel insurance for any expenses, not the airlines. Under the regulatory Montreal Convention, an airline, in this case Norwegian, is not liable for delayed baggage if it can prove it took all measures that it could reasonably required um, to obviously not have the issue. But wait, there's more. Uh, Gatwick Airport told the uh, Independent that when Grand staff were informed of the late departure to Singapore, they arranged for the airport's main runway to remain open to accommodate the takeoff. Had this been known earlier, the baggage would have stayed on board. Yes, not great, I think, if you're travelling uh, that far uh, a distance yeah. to not have your luggage arrive when you get there. I mean, it's not so bad if you're travelling from here to Spain where the flight is quite short and mm. there's about a million flights travelling to Spain, uh, Spain every day where the luggage could be ferried across to you. But obviously, um, you know, it's a bit, uh, bit of a further stretch to go from here to Singapore. Yeah, I, I mean, things do go wrong, don't they? But it, it does seem a very odd situation to find themselves in where they've literally got no luggage. That, that got on. Surely somebody must have known that there, there that some luggage was missing. Well, they did know it was missing. They just didn't inform the passengers. Right. I'm, I'm fairly confident if you're a passenger on this aircraft and and before you took off, they they came on board the aircraft and said, "Oh, by the way, seventy of you lot will not have cases when you get to Singapore." There would have probably been a bit of a um, bit of a riot. Right. <laughs> yeah. What do you reckon, Nev? These things happen, don't they? But uh, some airlines try to help out. And uh, many years ago, I think it was in the late 80s, my boss and I were travelling to Madrid and his luggage uh, got missed off the aircraft. But Iberia helped him out with providing some extremely uh, brief briefs and a, a tee oh. for him to wear. And because he was a fairly straight-laced kind of fella... Um, None of this left not appropriate imagination at all. So, <laughs> no. yes, he'd been better off uh, just wearing the same clothes he, he yeah. turned up in. Yeah, which is, I dare say, what he ended but up doing. Luggage, you know, mishandling happens all the time. And especially if there's, you know, problems with uh, loading or there's problems with uh, temperature or whatever it is on, on takeoff, so they've got to leave stuff behind. So, yeah. Yes. So moving on to the next story. And uh, Matt, this for you is obviously, as always, a Ryanair story, but it's a Oh, I don't know. Is, is this a tech one? 
Would you call this a bit of a tech mm, issue? I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll read it. I haven't read the show notes, Carlos, so I've no idea. You haven't read the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I do know it's on the Daily Mirror website, and the headline is Ryanair website issues left passengers unable to check in online and risking £55 <gasps> fees. Ryanair passengers are claiming that they were unable to check in online on the website and on the app on Tuesday. While there is always the option to check in at the airport, you'll have to fork out extra cash as Ryanair will charge you £55 pounds for the privilege unless you are a flexi plus customer in which case this service is free passengers took to social media to reach out to the airline for help complaining that they were attempting to access the website but it was not appearing to work for them it's currently under unclear just how many customers uh were who were having uh the issues in trying to log into the website and were unable to gain access and it seems that not all users had issues replying to one user who took a screenshot of the error message they were receiving. A Ryanair representative on the airline's official Twitter account suggested that they clear their browsers, cookies and caches <laughs> in a bid to solve the minor web issues. Uh, Ryanair only offers a 48-hour window to check in ahead of your flight unless you have paid to reserve a seat, in which case... Uh, this window becomes two months. Therefore, even if the website is down for a short time, it shortens an already quite tight window, which uh, in turn could be problematic for customers who are potentially cutting it fine and checking in at the last minute online. A spokesperson for Ryanair told the Mirror Online there was no website crash. There was a brief server issue on Tuesday evening, which was quickly resolved. No customers were charged for check-in as the outage was brief and rectified quickly <laughs> customers who reserve a seat can check in 60 days uh, and t uh, between 60 days and two hours before each booked flight customers who do not wish to purchase a reserve seat can check in between two days and two hours before each booked flight. Uh, the news comes a week after Ryanair announced it was closing its website and app for 12 hours for a systems update but the airline did not waive the airport check-in fee during this time. Although the airline did warn affected passengers ahead of time via SMS and email they, that they would need to check in online before the scheduled system maintenance it would have been a goodwill gesture on its behalf to bend the rules for those 12 hours. Hmm. I mean, well, the the advice here is not leave it to the last minute, I suppose. Very isn't true. It? But, Very true. Uh, yeah. I mean, most of us are sort of, you know, like certainly do it the day before, don't mm. we? So oh, you've yeah. got time to, to talk. To, uh, I, I do. I would say, though, one of the things that is a bit possibly problematic when you do get an issue like this with Ryanair um, is that it's notoriously difficult to get hold of someone on the end of the phone to do your online check-in. So if you do have mm. an issue like this, I'm not quite sure how, how you would go about uh, resolving it. Have you got any insight on this, Nev? It's Ryanair. I don't do it. <laughs> okay, fine, fair enough. <laughs> My bad. And <laughs> yeah, so for the benefit of our US listeners, that um, that fee uh, in dollars works out about seventy dollars. That's seven zero seventy dollars, mm. and that's so they can print you out an A four piece of paper with a ticket on. So it's quite an expensive piece of A four mm. paper, I think. That uh, yeah, it that is. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So moving on to the next story, and uh, as always, it's a fantastic BA story. But and this one, actually, Nev, I didn't. Uh, I completely forgot about this. I did know from many years ago, but I totally forgot about this particular part of BA. Yeah, and it's on Flight Global. We don't normally talk uh, Flight Global until the military section. But, yeah. Uh, uh, this is the former BA Chinook 
helicopters could make a UK comeback. And uh, civil registered Chinook helicopters, formerly owned by BA, could make a surprise return to the UK operations after Bristow Group announced a $560 million merger with tandem rotor stalwart Columbia Helicopters. Uh, although British Airways helicopters previously had a six-strong fleet of Boeing Vertol BV-234s, the commercial variant of the heavy lift rotorcraft, these were phased out during the late 1980s uh, by successor British International helicopters. In fact, the majority of the former BIH fleet were acquired by Columbia in 1989 with four airframes still operated by the Aurora, Oregon-based company Flight Fleets Analyzer Records. Uh, and uh, discussing the acquisition on a 9th of November results call, outgoing Bristow Chief Executive Jonathan Balif uh, said he sees opportunities to deploy Columbia's assets wherever Bristow has a presence. We expect to use the civilian Chinook and Vertol fleet in our AOCs. These are operations in which we have air operator certificates in Europe and around the world in the United Kingdom that the Chinooks can come in and operate for us in firefighting and other other non-US government work, he says. Columbia has an active fleet of 21 Chinooks, both the BV-234 and the CH-47D variants, alongside 11 Boeing Vertol 107s, known as the CH-46 Sea Knight in US Marine Corps service, as well as dozens of parked airframes, according to Bristow data. These helicopters are used around the world for heavy lift operations, including onshore oil and gas, forestry work and logistics transport for the U.S. military. Whilst Bristow will be able to redeploy Columbia's fleet, Balif also sees potential for its idle aircraft to go the other way. The oil and gas specialist has a 22-strong fleet of Airbus helicopters, uh, H-225s, uh, that have been parked since a fatal 2016 crash of another operator's Super Puma in Norway. These aircraft, on which Bristow booked uh, an, an $87.5 million impairment charge for the quarter, ended 20, uh, 30th of September, uh, are unlikely ever to make a return in the offshore industry, the company concedes. Although it's been actively marketing the H225 fleet for uh, to potential customers, market conditions and alternative opportunities for the helicopters indicate a substantial return to to oil and gas service within our operators is not likely, says Bristow in a quarterly accounts filing. Balef says that the parked airframes, which also include Sikorsky S-76s, could find use on US military, military contracts via Columbia's Commercial Airlift Review Board certification. Whilst it will take some period of time, potentially a year or so, to include H-225s on the CARB documentation, uh, Balef thinks that the demand is there. That's exciting because we have idle H-225s that can go to work within these, this CARB certificate, and they're already being requested today, he says. Bristow's intentions to change the use of its Super Puma mirrors recent H-225 sales, which have seen former oil and gas rolled examples reconfigured for utility transport missions. Well, that's very interesting. And I seem to remember many years ago that BA used to use these aircraft as a shuttle and ferry service from Heathrow to Gatwick. And if you landed really? at Heathrow and you wanted to go to Gatwick, this is before the M25 and expensive taxes, you merely got on one of their Chinooks instead. Uh, but this is way back in the 70s, I'm, I'm sure, late 70s. Yeah, 74, something. around about 74, yeah. 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 I, I never got the chance to go on one, uh, sadly, so I was... Uh, 
uh, relegated to a, a London taxi instead. But it does. It's just so bizarre, though. To um, obviously, Matt has put the pictures up on their on their live feed. Um, just it's just bizarre seeing a uh, you know a Chinook with the the old original um, BA livery painted on the side, um, and you know you don't you know you tend to associate airlines with airliners you know mm, yeah. um, fixed wing aircraft yeah. kind of thing not with not with helicopters but um I, I must admit helicopters are one of the, the you know we, we all know i'm not keen on flying full stop but there is something about <laughs> mm. helicopters that do make me rather nervous in the fact that they're not made in a factory like say a boeing aircraft they're made at hogwarts as far as i'm concerned these yeah. stupid helicopter things <laughs> uh, it's just slightly frightening but uh a, a, a cool experience i dare say though and the chinook obviously is as is, is oh god yes very well, reliable, yeah. very reliable as a, as a piece of kit. It hasn't got that. Uh, I know there was, obviously there was an incident not well, a few Saturdays ago, wasn't there, for, uh, out of uh, Leicester, uh, which they think might have been a, an issue with the um, the little rotor, don't they? At the back, yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah, um, uh, but, Mr. Uh, Warner actually, even Mr. Warner was quite uh, impressed by uh, the BA colours uh, on yeah. the, on on the Chinook. Yeah, yeah, it's, he, de- it's definitely. And, you and fancy, do you fancy man. it, go, Nev? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Although I'm, I'm not very. I have been in a helicopter twice now. I think. And, have you? Uh, but um, yes, it's um, it's pretty noisy. I've got to say. Yeah, and, they uh, are, aren't they? Much <laughs> vibration too. <laughs> Tony yeah. S says death trap comes to mind. That's a word. Oh, yeah. dear. Uh, anyway, that moving is, on. Uh, not legally binding. I, know. I fully the, um, appreciate. Next story. <laughs> uh, next story is uh, on the independent.co.uk. Mm. Bit of a sad story. This one. Um, in a way, uh, Flyby, who most of you in the UK would have heard of Flyby, one of uh, our small kind of um, uh, kind of regional kind of carrier, which they do go flight to Europe as well. But Flyby uh, is up for sale, unfortunately, oh. as the airline struggles with high oil prices. So Europe's biggest uh, regional airline, Flyby, is seeking a buyer as it struggles with weak demand and oil prices. The carrier, which has a busy network uh, of UK and short-haul international flights, has announced a comprehensive review of the various strategic options open to it. Uh, the address the current challenges uh, facing the airline industry and maximising value for the shareholders. Three options are continuing to shrink and cut costs to strengthen the balance sheet and preserve cash and to sell the firm uh, it's in talks with a number of possible buyers. Uh, Flybee's chief executive, Christine, um, can't pronounce that one, Christine Weedner, uh, said that uh, there's been a recent softening in growth in the short-haul market as well as continued headwinds from higher fuel and currency costs. Uh, they're responding to this by reviewing every aspect of the business. We remain confident, she said, in the vital role that Flyby plays in UK connectivity. Flyby began as Jersey European Airways back in 1979. It became British European in 2000 and then changed its name again to Flyby in 2002. The Exeter-based airline operates 192 routes from 75 airports and it has the highest number of flights at a dozen UK airports including Aberdeen, 
Belfast City, Birmingham, Glasgow, Manchester and Southampton. The announcement came as the airline announced its profits for the six months from April to September had halved to uh, 7.4 million compared with the same spell in 2017. It represents a profit of uh, 1.41 for each of the 5.2 million passengers flown. Uh, Capacity fell 9% while revenue per seat rose by 7.2%. Its net debt increased to 82 million Uh, during the winter flyby loses quite a bit of money the airline will continue to shrink with the aim of shedding eight of the 78 aircraft currently in the fleet by 2021 on brexit it warns oh dear it warns that failure to reach an agreement may put at risk or damage parts of the business Uh, flyby's not said who is uh, it's talking to uh, IAG, owner of BA, Iberia and Aer Lingus, is looking to expand, so a possible buyer there. European Airlines might be interested in Flybe in order to establish a firm foothold within the UK market. But there are uncertainties over airline ownership rules after Brexit. One leading aviation insider said that any buyer would need to inject around £100 million of cash into the airline. An alternative could be to carve up the airline's network with a central core of links connecting Southampton, Birmingham, Manchester, Belfast and the Scottish airport seen as the main prizes. It's a real shame this because um, Flyby obviously they've been around a while uh, in a few different names but um, obviously they fly quite frequently over here. Mm. Um, you'll hear the Dash 8s flying over here quite a bit that they have. Um, but uh, I've not had the chance to fly with Flyby, unfortunately. It did fly no. for a little time from Norwich, I think, many It did, many didn't they? But didn't they used to do flights to, like, Newquay and things like that? For, for, yes. Yeah, in the little prop planes. Bit, bit expensive. Oh, were they? From our local okay. airport, yeah, unfortunately. But Everything's expensive from our yeah. local airport. <laughs> Perhaps uh, Nev BA will snap, or IAG will snap uh, Flyby up. And, mm. uh, it's a, they've got a very, really good regional route, actually, haven't they? All the way from you know Exeter up to Aberdeen, I think Inverness and uh, Orkney and Shetland as well. Um, and um, yeah, it's it's a well, I, I'm surprised that they, they've got this sort of uh, money problem at the moment mm. because I would have thought that those, all of those services could easily be filled. But, um, mm. of course, they, the other thing is they operate into, uh, they do a Heathrow to Edinburgh and Aberdeen service. Yeah. And so imagine the, the cost of landing at Heathrow in a turboprop as, as well. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know. And, of course, the, the, the time it takes... It probably adds to 15 minutes to the journey as, as mm. well. So um, I'd be interested to see what happens, but I'm sure another major operator will probably snap them up because the, the regional ops that they do uh, mm. are pretty good, I think. Neil Lamorne yeah. in the chat room says that he's always had a really pleasant flight with Flyby, plenty of leg room. Really? Oh, now that's good. a rare yeah, thing yeah. these days, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And um, Richard King has just said that uh, he's got a friend of his who's a captain with them uh, on the Embraers and did some routes for Stobart, mm. uh, who's obviously a big uh, player out of Southampton here in the UK. Yeah. So moving on. Yeah. To uh, before the, we move on to the oh, next story, actually, I might uh, just. Uh, it's, uh, we don't normally do shout outs on the show, but I have to say that a, a very good friend of yours and mine is actually currently watching the show. Oh, so really? He's, he's been on daddy duties recently, uh, but he's busy cooking his dinner before he goes off DJing in Norwich oh it's Minnie it's Minnie that's it's right Minnie. yeah in fact he was your DJ at your wedding I, I he was my a DJ said. at our wedding yeah, and absolutely. he was also the DJ at my 40th birthday oh was he yes, oh, yes did yes. I go to that yeah I did, yeah, yeah, yeah you were yeah, 
Are, are you all right, Matt? Yeah. Having a senior moment. <laughs> I am having a senior moment. I am 41. He's, he's younger than me. I know. Soon to be all 42, by a few months. It has to be so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hello to you, Minnie. Yeah, Hi. indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, happy DJing, my friend. Happy DJing. Uh, Have a good night. But uh, yeah, actually, he and I are working on another project. Oh, yeah. oh very good. Very so good. That involves this very space that we're currently oh, sat in. Oh, very nice, very nice. Yeah, absolutely. It's all for charity. It's all for all charity. charity, mate. Yeah, for charity, anyway. Mate. Uh, anyway, sorry, I was going to do some aviation. To the next story, Matt, which is for you. It's on the Telegraph. Yeah. Okay, this one. Very serious stuff, this one, isn't it? Oh, I've got a. Oh, I do love an ad blocker. There we go. It's <laughs> all part of the fun. This is, so this this is, is actually, Matt, this is a posh Ryanair story. Yeah, which is slightly you. unnerving, I'm not going to lie. So this. <laughs> This is, yes, it's tele- Telegraph Travel, and it says £5,000 an hour, but no free booze. What to expect on board the Ryanair private jet? Ooh. Love it or loathe it? Um, I can't read the article because the... Uh... <laughs> right, okay. Really? I, I've got mine here. You see, it's, it's, not letting me, it's not letting me go past it. Oh, do you want me to read it? You're going to have to read it, I'm afraid. All so. right, then. I'll, I'll read as far as I can, and then I'll give I'll you go a on poke. It. Go on it. So, go love on. it or loathe it, at least you... <laughs> he said in the nicest... That's what she said. Uh, love it or loathe it, at least you know what you get with Ryanair. Or do you? Uh, who would have thought, for example, that the Irish airlines most often associated with uh, lurid yellow and grumpy passengers has its own private jet? Yours for just £5,000 an hour. On top of taxes and fees... Um, we know uh, what you're thinking, and yes, you can take a second bag in the cabin free of charge. That's uh, what's more, each passenger is allowed two hold bags, each weighing up to 20 kilograms. Are we talking about the same Ryanair? So the charter aircraft has uh, 60 business class seats. Um, it's staffed by Ryanair uh, pilots and cabin crew. The seats are a very plush leather and have a nice recline. Oh, that's good. Uh, and have also have ample legroom, which does sound uh, very luxurious compared to uh, Ryanair's uh, current offerings. However, even Ryanair's high-end customers don't get complimentary in-flight drinks, as Matt How says, <laughs> or meals. Uh, private passengers can choose from a range of fine dining packages uh, that cost from between €15 Euros right through to €45. Euros for You've the, been watching MasterChef again. Gold <laughs> service, I know. Uh, 15 euros gets you a tea, coffee, or water with unspecified Ooh, snacks. <laughs> um, unspecified snacks. I know. The gold package includes premium hot tea or coffee and hot lunches and dinners. Uh, mm. Customer service, the airline promises, will be unbeatable uh, on the private jet, but the pre-flight offering seems to be on par with Ryanair's usual scant, it says here. And uh, when uh, they've called the uh, email with the, for the corporate jet team to ask if the airline's usual fees apply to private customers, nobody answered the phone or responded, apparently. <laughs> so it's unclear wow. whether passengers will have to pay the extra six quid for their child or £25 to carry an infant on their lap. Mm. Uh, or the £55, as we said earlier on in the show, if they forget to check in online. Uh, still, if all 60 seats are filled, it works out at around £83 per person per hour. That doesn't sound too steep when you consider the cheapest Ryanair flight from London to Dublin will cost around £176 one way, not including all the add-ons. Now, they, um, they operate, the Ryanair operate uh, this aircraft, um, obviously, like you said, it's a bit of a kind of a, mm. a posh deal. They've only got one of these aircraft. And it is actually, um, it is also a, a 737, I noticed. Yes, it yeah. is, yeah, very much so, a 737. Yeah. And... Uh, 
Uh, I mean, I haven't got the pictures of the interior here. I've got a few on this article here. Yeah, no, wait, um, I, did, I did pop that, yeah, that the, one the up seats, there. The seats do look yeah. quite nice, actually. They, they yeah. definitely do look different to the usual standard I've, seats you'll find. I've, I've registered now. It does say actually say the aircraft is the same uh, as Ryanair uses across its entire fleet, a Boeing 737, but instead of the usual scrum of 189 passengers, the corporate jet <laughs> offers just 60 luxurious leather seats. Oh. In a 2-2 formation, the seats have a 48-inch Pitch. Really? Yeah. That's not the bad. Measurement, the measurement that betrays the amount of legroom, 18 inches more than the regular Ryanair service. Do you know what I do believe, Matt? Yeah. I think even Nev might go on one of these. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> go on, Nev. I'm looking at his face here. Yeah, and he doesn't look well, impressed, does he? Is this the um, <laughs> 737-700? I think it is the 700, yeah. It is, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would have to give it a go just in, in the interest of doing a review. Of research, PT. of course. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Where would you fly to for your... So, so was it, it's, it's £5,000 to hire it, hire it for a whole hour, essentially, isn't it? For an so, hour. So where could that... Basically, Dublin, I suppose. You'd go, as well, as Dublin you... or, or Edinburgh from uh, yeah. the East, East Anglia. Yeah. You'd go to, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you think you'd get in and out of Norwich, all right? <laughs> It would get yeah. It oh, would definitely absolutely. get in that. Oh, would it? Yeah. Oh, okay. They'd charge oh, you yeah. a ten pound per passenger. Um, oh yeah. Fee. Ah yes, the fee. Yes, yeah. the, the airport improvement improvement tax. tax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. sorry, we shouldn't be too horrible. No, Carl, we Carl works very hard. Yes, Carl. Hello, <laughs> Carl Lake. Hello. Um, right. So moving actually, on. Actually, I, I want to actually I want to give a uh, sorry. Oh, I, I, I'm I'm doing it tonight. Lots of shout outs. I didn't realise, but Carl Lake. It works with the the massive team of people who do the SOS bus in oh, the middle of Norwich city, yeah. uh, at stupid yeah. o'clock in the morning, mm. one o'clock in the morning. And I must say, mate, having many years of working in Norwich, you and I have both worked in yes. Norwich DJing and stuff. I doth my cap to you to the mo- <laughs> the morons that are wandering down Prince of Wales Road on a, on a Saturday, Friday, and Saturday night. So uh, much respect to you for doing that, Long my as friend. Not flying, well, yes, indeed, yeah. yes, absolutely. I don't know if if you've not heard of the SOS bus, look it up because it's a fantastic um, service. service. Yeah. It really is, and basically they look after people who are a little worse for wear, shall we say, rather than leaving it to the elements. Um, I, I thought that was lowest off rather than... Uh, oh. now, look, now look here. There's, anyway, there's no <laughs> we're going to move swiftly say. on to the <laughs> next story, uh, which uh, Nev is uh, is, a, is a bit of a uh, X-Fact... Oh, sorry, X-Fact. X-Files. <laughs> X-Files uh, story uh, for you on a, on a BA note. Yeah, it is a bit strange, isn't it? This is on the iAfrica website, and uh, it says that British Airways crew claims to have seen a UFO. Well, the confused person on the radio radio was not someone typically associated with dodgy reports of extraterrestrial interaction. Uh, There were no claims that large-eyed green men crossed the cosmos to turn livestock inside out or too detailed, breathless tales about cold metal tables and undignified alien probes. The flummox person on, on the radio was simply an airline pilot who could not explain what she saw in the sky over Ireland. The BA pilot was operating uh, flight BA-94 from Montreal on Friday when she contacted the nearest air traffic control tower to inquire whether they were, there was any military exercises over the Atlantic Ocean to which she had been alerted, according to the Irish examiner. When controllers told her that skies were clear, she politely set them straight. She said she and her crew 
uh, saw bright lights streaking through the air at phenomenal speeds, twice the speed of sound. How was she able to measure that, I wonder? Um, but it came up on our left-hand side, uh, rapidly veered to the north, and we saw a bright light, and it just disappeared at very high speed. We were just wondering, the pilot said, according to the newspaper and audio of the interaction posted on the internet. We didn't think it was a likely collision course and just wondered what it could be. Uh, also wondering, were pilots flying nearby who saw the same thing? Whatever it was, uh, Virgin Atlantic pilot uh, VS-76 from Orlando to Manchester said it was not something but some things, multiple obje objects following the same sort of tra tra trajectory, very bright from where we were. The Irish Aviation Authority said that the reports will be investigated under the normal confidential occurrence investigation process. But for many people who read between the classified lines, there was no need. We already know the truth. This is normally at the point where chortling nay naysayers would shout their disbelief. After all, for decades, the public has been told that aliens don't actually exist <gasps> and that people... <laughs> Uh, who believed otherwise were crackpots in tinfoil hats. But in an admission straight out of a B-movie, the Pentagon com recently confirmed that there was a $22 million government program to collect and analyze anomalous uh, aerospace threats, government speak for USO, uh, UFOs. And uh, Area 51, the secret base in Nevada, whose existence had been denied by the government for decades, has actually existed for decades, the government admitted. It was a <laughs> test strip for a CIA spy plane and other classified aircraft, according to a CIA history declassified in 2013. And because the government had a giant secret test base in the Nevada desert, it used the area for all kinds of secret testing, putting the A-12 aircraft and the angular F-117 stealth ground attack jet, uh, ground attack jet through their paces. So, who needs a tinfoil hat now? The admission uh, <laughs> lent a uh, patina of uh, viability to a century of bizarre, unexplained phenomena. But what are the bright lights of the Atlantic, seen by not one but two airline crews, responsible for the health and well-being of hundreds of passengers? Aircraft experts told the Irish Examiner that the lights were probably meteorites entering Earth at a low angle. The high speeds were due to acceleration caused by the Earth's gravity. The bright lights were probably the result of friction as the celestial bodies pierced Earth's atmosphere so it's not anywhere near as exciting as ufos though nev i'm not gonna there, there's that. a couple of, i mean i don't know if they're on liveatc.net but i know there was a couple of websites that did have the atc audio recordings which you could listen to of the pilots reporting this and they did make for quite interesting listening oh really yeah the, the ba pilots actually um you know they were very serious indeed mm. about what they'd seen uh, and uh, you know from from the uh, flight deck and stuff so yeah wow oh no is there something out there Probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I think it's very naive of us to assume that we are the only, um, you know, form of life out in the, out in the solar system. I think that's yeah. very na naive for us to, yeah. to think that. But, yeah. uh, yes, let's just hope they're friendly. That's all I'll say. Now, they probably listen to the show. <laughs> uh, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. It goes without saying. So the next story is on the seattletimes.com mm. website. Now, this is a very worrying story. I, I, yes. never, I, know, I noticed in, in one of our group chats you were having a conversation about this this morning. Yes. 
I was. And uh, well, let's let's, it, let, let's let Carlos read this, yes. and we'll and we'll uh, we'll we'll come to that in a moment. Yeah, let's this one, uh, as I said, it's on the SeattleTimes.com uh, website. This was uh, updated on the fifteenth of November. So the FAA evaluates a potential design flaw uh, in Boeing's seven three seven Max after the Lion Air crash. Uh, analysts, including former Boeing flight controls experts, are concerned that a new automated flight control system on the Boeing 737 MAX may be flawed and that uh, the way that it changed the jet's handling could have sown confusion on the flight deck of the Lion Air Flight uh, JT610. The FAA said on Wednesday that it's evaluating whether to require Boeing to fix a possible flaw in its design of the new automated flight control system uh, introduced for the 737 MAX jet. It's also looking into whether the technical data and training provided to pilots transitioning to the new jet model was adequate. Uh, flight controls experts believe that uh, lack of information about the new system likely confused the pilots uh, flying the Lion Air jet that crashed on the 29th of October in Indonesia. Uh, the Air Safety Agency said on Wednesday that the FAA and Boeing continue to evaluate the need for software and or other design changes to the aircraft, including operating procedures and training. The accident investigation has already established that false readings um, from a sensor that measures the plane's angle of attack uh, or the angle between the wing and oncoming airflow could have triggered a flight control system new on the MAX that relentlessly pushed the nose of the aircraft downward. FAA spokesman Greg Martin said the angle of attack values used by several systems include the air data flight controls, the stall warning, etc. and the safety analysts for each of these systems are currently being reviewed. Flight controls experts say the new system kicking in would have changed the feel of the control uh, aircraft's control yoke from what the pilots had experienced in training on simulators, possibly sowing confusion aboard the flight JT610. Boeing insists the aircraft is safe to fly, appearing Tuesday on the Fox Business Network. Chief Executive Dennis Mullenberg said that the MAX is very safe, and that said that he also said that Boeing provides all of the information that's needed to fly safely for all their aircraft. Even the pilots at American Airlines and Southwest, who on Monday expressed concern they had not been given prior information about the new flight control system, continue to fly the aircraft. They've uh, been assured that a standard procedure Boeing highlighted after the Lion crash will turn off the system if it goes awry in the future and quickly return the jet to normal flight. Still, even though it may be no more than uh, one element in a string of events that led to the Lion Air catastrophe, the new MAX flight control system has become a subject of intense controversy. Three former Boeing flight control experts were startled by the FAA's description last week of the new MAX system. In an airworthiness directive, the FAA cited analysis of Boeing that uh, if an erroneously high a uh, single angle of attack sensor input is received by the flight control system. There is a potential for repeated downward nose trim commands that will swivel the plane's horizontal tail to a pitch the nose downward. Uh, the fact that the aircraft's nose could be automatically and repeatedly pushed down due to one false signal shocked Peter Lehm, a former Boeing flight controls engineer, who said it looks like a design flaw. 
It's worrying things, really. Um, yeah. Because obviously aircraft, like the Max and all aircraft, new aircraft designs, are obviously put under massive test programs. Yeah. You know, this aircraft um, was, you know, had a quite an extensive test program mm. with Boeing. Um, now, Nev, you were actually um, yeah, doing some research this, this morning, I noticed, with, with uh, consulting with several of our pilot friends, shall we say. Yes, I've turned the volume down, which is not very helpful. Is it? So I've turned it back up now. Um, yeah, the um, I was trying to find out under what sort of conditions that this would happen, but it seems that this is this all can happen and does happen in fully manual flight mode as well. So really? with the auto autopilot and auto throttle disengaged, if the uh, aircraft thinks that it's going to be getting close to experiencing a stall, uh, it will do this forward. Uh, trim and the way that it does it it's, it's quite aggressive by the sounds of things as well so um, there is going to be a whole lot of trouble here and I don't want to say too much about it really because obviously I, I don't know lots no. about it but just talking to two or three people today um, I can just imagine that uh, if this is shown to be a big problem and that the flight crews weren't aware of it or mm. weren't being trained on it then the lawyers are going to have a field day with this. And so, this is the one thing that's really bothering me with with this story is the fact that nobody really appears to be aware of this new function. That's the yeah, bit that's yeah. surprising everyone. I think one of the big problems is I read on an article this week online as well about this particular aircraft and the training is as well, is that there, I think the article said there's either five or six simulators of this aircraft that right. pilots can train on yeah. in the world. Which okay. is not a lot. No, it's not. Um, whereas, obviously, the NG, the the, the kind of the, the, the say the one that we flew on in London, yeah. in uh, in January this year, that particular simulator and the the full motion one, there's many, there's lots of those, lots of those around the world, and there are differences between the the NG and the Max, um, and obviously, you know, you need to be in a simulator that simulates the aircraft you're going to fly. Mm, yeah, so, definitely. That's my thought on it, anyway. Yeah, well, we have to sort of see. As you say, I think there's a, a, a I believe one phrase that, I, that I've seen in various chats this week is that there may have been a can of worms open somewhere. Mm. <laughs> so moving on yeah. to the next story, Matt, and uh, this one is on the channelnewsasia.com. And, yeah. and an interesting airline name. Yes, so it's uh, Vietnam's newest airline, Bamboo gets an aviation license hmm. so the story is coming out of hanoi so uh, vietnam's newest carrier bamboo airways has been granted a license to fly officials and the airline said paving the way for its inaugural flight in a region crowded with competitors uh, run by one of the country's richest men bamboo will compete with well-established heavy hitters such as national carrier vietnam airlines and budget carrier Viet, is it viet jet Vietjet, yes. Vietjet, yeah. so apologies if I've said that wrong, uh, to serve a mushrooming middle class with growing appetites and budgets for travel. Vietnam's Transport Secretary said Bamboo's official aviation licence had been approved and that it would aim to operate 100 routes, including to lesser travelled destinations in Vietnam and elsewhere in Asia, with plans to eventually fly to North America. The first domestic flights are aimed at reducing pressure on aviation infrastructure in major cities, strengthening regional links and promoting tourism to Vietnam. The Transport ministry said in a statement on tuesday the airline is owned by um 
Oh, Trin Van Kuet, I think. So apologies if that's nowhere near how it should be said, uh, who heads the FLC property empire that includes lush beachside resorts, golf clubs and luxury condos across Vietnam, a country still under one-party communist rule. Bamboo has already signed up to buy 20 of Boeing's 787 Dreamliners worth, uh, well, in excess of 5.6 billion US dollars and committed a further 3.2 billion dollars to buy 24 Airbus A321 Neos. The airline said its inaugural flight, originally scheduled for last month, should take place before the end of the year. We have conducted a test flight. The results show that the aircraft fully meets technical specifications and is ready to go into operation. CEO, uh, the CEO of the company said. Uh, in a statement, Bamboo is hoping to steal customers from competitors, luring them to off the beaten path destinations in Vietnam, such as, um, oh dear, uh, I want to say Quai <laughs> Non and Tan Hoi, and by offering bundled travel packages to FLC Resorts. I'm going to get another email now, aren't I? Uh, but <laughs> did, analysts did you get rice with those? Well? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. But analysts say the outdated model may not work in an era where most travellers can easily tailor holidays online and wonder whether Bamboo's big jet will, big bet, sorry, will pay off in Southeast Asia's busy aviation market. Um, it was mentioned uh, in an interview earlier this year that uh, they are that they are certain the airline will be huge and expects to make a profit soon after launch. Born to a poor rural family near Hanoi, where life among bamboo trees inspired the airline's name, the CEO now runs FLC Group with a market capitalization around our uh, two hundred million US dollars. So there are a a very new airline, as Matt said. It they've only just just, just started yeah. this month, and um, I'm just looking at their website to actually see what the um, you know it's quite a nice crisp fresh website. Bamboo is it Airways dot com? Yeah, and um, that, as the fleet says on their website, they're um, they're obviously buying the three twenty one Neo, um, but they're also got the the Dash Nine Dreamliners as well mm. on, on order, and they according to their website they intend. Um, by 2023 to have 16 international flights out, uh, out of Vietnam. But um, yeah, I'll tell you what, it's good good guys to see, you know, because we hear all the stories every week. We, run, we normally have a story mm. about an airline that's, that's in trouble or an airline that's unfortunately failed. But it's good to see at least an airline, you know, um, starting. In, in I think there'll always be people willing to sort of oh, yeah. know, set up, you know, yeah. the... And, and one of these days, you know, somebody's going to set one up, and it is actually going to work purely because they are doing something that other people aren't. I tell you what, the the airline name, Bamboo Airways, that's not a bad choice of name because bamboo is incredibly strong, right? Isn't it? it well, yeah, true. So it's yeah. good. It's also you know, eaten by koala bears. I don't well, know if that's relevant. Yeah, a couple of comments in the chat room from uh, Richard King. He says uh, they will pander to your every very win. good. Oh. Yes. And uh, are they oh, aim- aiming to stick it to the competition? Oh, rough. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's glorious. That oh. is. Well, well done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, I, I, is it is it the the, the I don't know my, my poor geographical knowledge here. I sort of feel that maybe Bamboo Airways should be based sort of somewhere in China, where the pandas are from, perhaps rather than uh, rather than. Um, yeah, although it's not it's not called Panda Airways, so it's not really relevant. I, I dare say Bamboo that's grows not, yeah. in, in. We in could Vietnam. start that airline up. What, what what Panda Airways? You better patent that now or whatever they. 
thing tra- tra- copyright tra- copyright yeah, yeah. Panda okay. you in on it nev <laughs> yeah absolutely no absolutely, <laughs> right. totally yes i'm i'm ready to collect the uh, uh yeah, the, the dividend that, yes certainly. absolutely <laughs> yeah there's a few things we could say there but this isn't it's a, it's a, a family, a, uh, family show, show. Yeah, so moving on uh, to the next story then nev and um yeah this is uh, quite an interesting story it, it is but uh, it's just all a bit a little bit wrong again, I think. Oh, dear. Uh, this is on TheVerge.com, and it says that 15 years after Concorde, supersonic jets are booming back into style. Are they? Uh, well, you might not remember, but there used to be a jet called the Concorde. Oh, really? I do vaguely recall it. Do yes. You? yes. Yeah. And the people that call it the Concorde, by the way, that's just Paul. Uh, it's called Concorde. Just <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it had a cruising speed of 1,354 miles per hour, which is uh, just over Mach 2, and um, usually a seven-hour flight uh, on a regular aircraft, but only just over three and a half hours on Concorde. Uh, Concorde uh, went out of service in 2003, and Ooh. supersonic jets fell out of favour. Well, there weren't any other civil aircraft that, that were supersonic that's probably why um and a new crop of aviation startups is hoping to resurrect it and thanks to a new set of laws in the us that comeback seems all but assured buoyed by rich investors who want faster private jets these startups are testing new technologies that could muffle the sonic boom that occurs when an airplane breaks the sound barrier these cannon blast booms led Congress to ban supersonic jets from flying over the U.S. soil in 1973. But in October, President Trump signed a bill directing the FAA to consider lifting the ban, breathing new life into the industry. NASA is planning to test an X-59 Quest prototype over major U.S. cities in 2023. Three startups... Aerion, Spike Aerospace and Boom Supersonic are designing planes that would cut long flights in half. Can I just say that title of Boom Supersonic uh, sort of goes against the whole uh, article, uh, really, doesn't it? Mm. Um, But last month, GE announced that it would create a new supersonic passenger jet for Arian. But environmentalists are worried that these faster planes will spew more polluting carbon into the environment. Uh, All of the startups aiming to fly supersonic in the next decade have touted low emissions as a goal, but it simply takes more fuel to go faster, raising critical questions. The idea that you're actually going to overcome local opposition to supersonic aviation routes, says Carl Pope, former executive director of the Sierra Club, who has written in opposition to supersonic planes. We can't build a new freeway in this country because of local local opposition. Why does everybody think that we're going to be able to assault hundreds of millions of people with sonic booms? This is not real. Well, I have to agree with that because if you remember how long it took for the Port Authority um, to accept Concord into JFK and Washington and Miami and Dallas and all the other US cities where it flew to. Um, I just think that the, the I know there's a, there's a lot of supersonic projects going on at the moment, but the actual appetite for it has reduced somewhat. And I just don't think that this is viable. I, imagine what the cost of doing this is going to be. in terms I, of, you know, I, the, I, the, the bit that surprises me, though, is, is like everybody sort of... You mentioned Concord and everybody that we've ever spoken to all go a bit warm and fuzzy. Do you know what I mean? And I, I'm just amazed that 
based on on that, if you say if you say some Concorde, oh, I'd have loved to have flown on Concorde, uh, and I'm amazed that there isn't an appetite for it. If you see what I mean, for that, or, or, or do you think it's the love affair with Concorde because it was the first? That's why people, you know, look at it so warmly. Well, it's been obviously the only civil uh, airliner that, that's mm. had supersonic capability. And uh, Andrew Wilson in the chat room uh, was saying that uh, maybe this, uh, the corporate sector uh, might be interested in it, but he yeah. can't see it being a mainstream thing. Mm. I think that's very true. And bearing in mind the sort of heights that these things will be flying at, probably 60,000 feet, something like that. Um, but um, yes, uh, because things go supersonic they make a noise and uh, i i don't know the technology involved at all but i'd be amazed if they can actually avoid creating a supersonic boom over the land i mean there's very very little they can do to prevent it surely i mean it's uh well, it's particles and not not getting out of the way quick enough yeah. for the aircraft coming through. It's simple as that, isn't it? Simple physics. So, yeah. uh, uh, but uh, obviously, I'm you know, I'll be very mm. interested to see what happens with this. But I I don't think um, in my lifetime we're going to see uh, certainly any supersonic civilian airliners, you know, mainstream stuff. Uh, but we might possibly just see some corporate. Um, uh, jets and, and some specialist things, you know, perhaps things that are twelve-seat aircraft, fifteen-seat yeah. aircraft. But um, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe corporate, as you say, because I mean, let's be honest, it's the corporate uh, people who are desperate to get, you know, from here to New York in as sh- you know, in sort of half the time, literally, because they're going there for a sort of two, three-hour meeting, and then they need to come home. I mean, yeah. if you home are flying, fatigue. if you are flying supersonic, then it does make it a very commutable distance, doesn't it? Um, so may- maybe there'll be interest in, in the in the corporate world, as you say. So before I read the next story, I think we need to go back to the chat room. And, oh, um, right. Just on a, on a comment from the last story <laughs> about Bamboo Air. Oh, dear. Uh, Richard King has come up with an absolute pearl here. Uh, he says that uh, when Bamboo Airways are on a Cat 3 approach, they would, be, uh, they would reach Ho Chi minimums. <sighs> he is on fire, I tell you. Well done, Richard. And welcome us also also to the chat room, uh, Dr. Steph, who is currently driving home from work um, whilst not watching the show, obviously. No, listening in the car, Just obviously. listening yeah, in the car absolutely. via her Bluetooth system. So uh, welcome to you, uh, Dr. Steph. Yeah. So the next story uh, on the uh, list of this weekend is something that um, actually me and Nev were both uh, watching quite intently uh, this week. And yeah. uh, we, we were both sort of chatting between each other on WhatsApp, weren't we, Nev, about uh, what was going on here. But this one is on the aviationherald.com uh, website. Simon's awesome site. We all know and love the Aviation Herald. And uh, it's an accident, actually, or an incident, I should say, that uh, happened. Uh, and this was involving Astana uh, Embraer 190. And this happened on the 11th of November. And the uh, Aerostana Embraer ERJ190 registration uh, Papa 4 Kilo Charlie Juliet performing flight KC1388 from Alerverca, Portugal to Minsk in Belarus and fur- on further to Altami, uh, Kazakhstan with three crew and three passengers. Hmm, not quite full then. Uh, was in the initial climb in adverse meteorological conditions when the crew felt the aircraft did not adequately respond to control inputs. Uh, the autopilot could not be engaged and the aircraft uh, developed oscillatory. Uh, 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 it's this coffee you gave me before the show. 
<laughs> oscillatory wing movements despite the crew using the controls in all the three aircraft axes to counter and minimize the oscillations. Uh, the aircraft and occupants encountered high G-loads. Uh, the crew declared an emergency, uh, considering uh, to ditch the aircraft in the ocean due to lack of control. While continuing to struggle with the aircraft, uh, none of the aircraft systems issued any indication of any malfunction, only alerts for abnormal flight attitudes occurred. The crew lost control completely several times, but were able to regain control to some extent. In discussions between the three pilots on board as well as the three technicians, the crew decided to disable the flight control module, the FCM, and put the uh, flight controls into direct mode. Therefore, the situation improved considerably. However, without restoring the normal operations as difficulties to control the aircraft's roll axis, ailerons and bank angle remained, the crew realized the ailerons were behaving erratically and reduced roll control to an absolute minimum. After the crew were able to maintain a heading and altitude, the crew decided to look for an airport in good weather and plan was developed with ATC to land at Bija in Portugal, uh, Portugal and a pair of F-16s uh, fighter aircraft oh, wow. uh, from the Portugal's Air Force joined the aircraft. Uh, a landing was intended on Beja's runway 19 right. Uh, the aircraft needed to go around twice due to unstabilized approaches. Uh, and the approach runway 19 right a third time would touch down on runway 19 left due to it being unable to correct the drift. Uh, two occupants were taken to hospital. Portugal's GPIAA rated the occurrence as serious and, re and a report on November the 14th uh, said that all on board were physically and emotionally shaken, uh, one of the passengers sustaining a leg injury. The investigation is ongoing, uh, they said, and still pending a confirmation on the undertaking of additional testing. Uh, the evidence was possible to collect at the time. Uh, drafting says that the existence of failures in the aircraft's roll controls configuration consistent with possible disturbances during maintenance actions. The aircraft had undergo undergone maintenance uh, previously or earlier in Alverca and was on the or Alversa and was on its first flight after maintenance. Now I watched uh, there's an actual video uh, that accompanies this story on uh, the Aviation Herald site and it's it's only a short video but it uh, does show the aircraft landing. I don't know whether you watch this one Nev but it's mm. uh, interesting to watch and see you know how far off the center line the aircraft was um, well, originally it was going to land on one nine right but yeah. they, they they couldn't line it up to that so it landed right on the right hand side of one nine left and they uh, presumably with rudder control eventually managed to get it back into into the center line but uh, uh listening to the live atc as we were last weekend it was pretty harrowing wasn't it i mean the guys were really desperate and they were absolutely determined they were going to have to put it down in the sea because there was it was so uncontrollable they didn't think they could land it on any paved surface and really? i sort of glibly said well why can't they just fly to fire or something like that but of course they, they couldn't they didn't have proper directional control and it was all over the shop if you look at the uh, flight radar 24 uh, traces it was uh, very bad and although it's you know it's it's 
uh, this has come out of maintenance this aircraft but um and there was i think it was six people on board and there were there was a couple of a couple of people were taken to hospital imagine if this had been a full flight of a hundred odd passengers or more uh, on on this aircraft that would have been uh, absolutely diabolical let alone you know with the additional weights and all the rest of it so um luckily they had enough fuel to to have these other options but uh, it sounded very traumatic indeed really terrible yeah, I mean, you can go back. I think there's actually, Nev, on uh, liveatc.net, there is um, a section on there you can click on. Awesome site for those of you who like to listen to ATC around across the globe. And there's a uh, certain section on that website where you can click on interesting recordings and you can listen to the um, the chat between ATC and uh, and the pilots and that. And they, they did, Nev, they did sound really um, quite disturbed. Uh, oh, yeah, very flight. much so. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, sometimes, you know crews have some control problems and they're a bit minor so they can't take certain headings or they have to do you know reduced turn headings but th- this wasn't even close and i heard a couple of um call outs uh, from the automated systems of bank angle and, and all sorts of things going on so that it you know it was uh they were really struggling with it. how on earth they got the thing down as, as they did uh, it must have been absolutely terrifying for them. and this is what's so amazing about the pilots you know yeah. th- th- this is the thing hats I mean, off to them. hats off to them as you mm. say what what could have so easily been a horrific incident um all right it's all sounds very scary but at the end of the day they got the aircraft down safely on the ground and of course they will you know after the investigation they, they will learn from this won't they i mean so the you know routines and steps we put in place to ensure that you don't get a failure like this again it does sound like it sounds like an issue with um with the computer there what do you reckon nev possibly well if it's just come out of maintenance and there's you know th- things can happen sometimes uh, but uh, obviously, the, you know, the, the, the thing was completely uh, uncontrollable at one point. They, they did regain some control later on, but, but not good enough to do, uh, you know, proper precision approach on, onto a runway and, and to get it down. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, absolutely incredible that uh, they managed to get it down in one piece. Yeah. So the next story, Matt, is uh, one for you on, on Flight Global, isn't it? It's uh, a, a story about a sad sort of, parting of company this yeah month. indeed so flight global as uh, carlos said and uh, the headline is china southern to leave sky team so china southern has announced that it will leave the sky team alliance next year as it pursues new partnerships with carriers around the world in disclosures to the hong kong and shanghai stock exchanges the carrier says it will not renew its sky team membership from the 1st of january 2019 and that it will complete complete the transition uh, arrangements within the year. Uh, the China-based carrier said that uh, its decision is based on the company's development strategy and to better align with the new trend of cooperation model in the global aviation industry. The company will explore the possibilities to establish new partnerships with advanced airlines around the world, promoting bilateral and multilateral cooperation and provide quality services to passengers around the world. It adds that it will work closely with the Sky team to ensure a sound transition for its customers and partners and that it does not expect the move to have any impact on its business operations. China Southern's decision reflects its strategic development the changing trends of the global aviation industry and the evolution of alliances says sky team the alliance's chief executive uh, christian colville adds network has always been the foundation of sky team our new value 
pr proposition retains that strong integrated network and combines it with our continued focus on improving customer experience through technology. China Southern has been a valued member of Sky Team, and, but we respect its decision and wish it well. The airline's move follows reports in 2017 that China Southern had held internal discussions about possibly leaving Sky Team around the same time that one world carrier, American Airlines, closed a $200 million investment deal uh, for a 2.68 stake in the Chinese carrier that August. That has seen the two carriers keep uh, in close contact and implement co-chair arrangements on each other's flights. Uh, China Southern has also been since signed a co-chair agreement with One World's British Airways uh, while it also has a co-chair relationship with Qantas. Sources had indicated at the time that there was a uh, uh, sorry there was a perception that it had been sidelined after Delta Airlines invested $450 million into fellow SkyTeam carrier China Eastern Airlines in September 2015. So for those of you who are wondering what SkyTeam is, uh, you may not know this, SkyTeam is an al uh, airline alliance uh, that was founded in uh, 2000. Uh, SkyTeam was the last of the three major airline alliances uh, to be formed, the first two being the Star Alliance and uh, the other one, One World, which uh, Nev will know very well. And uh, there's 20, as of, uh, obviously as of uh, March this year, there was 20 uh, in the Sky team. Obviously it's 19 now because uh, wow. because yeah. they've left. left but, well, not um, leaving till the end of the year. Yeah. So you've got, uh, just a quick run for you, you've got in the Sky team, you've got Aeroflot, obviously Russian mm -hmm. airline, and you've got Aerolinias Argentinas, Aeromexico, Air Europa, Air France, Alitalia, China Airlines, China Eastern Airlines. Uh, China Southern, uh, Czech Airlines, Delta Airlines, uh, Guada Indonesia, Kenya Airways as well, uh, KLM, they're also part of Sky Team, Korean Air, Middle East Airlines, Saudi, Tarom, uh, Vietnam Airlines and Yemen Air as well, they're also part of Sky Team. But uh, yeah, it's uh, obviously they've had enough. They uh, decided that uh, they, they don't want to be friends anymore. <laughs> it's a shame. Yeah. Well, uh, as I say, I mean, it's uh, they've obviously made their decision, haven't they? Yeah. That's 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 what they want to do. So the last uh, story for today is uh, is a top ten. Oh, oh I say, because we love a top ten, do we? Okay. And uh, this uh, top ten is on the SCMP website, and uh, this is the top ten airlines in the world. 2019. Now, quite how they could say this when we're only in 2018, I'm not quite mm, sure. But anyway, okay. right? Perhaps it's you know forward thinking. That's, I know. that's the key. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> this uh, particular uh, story is on the Business Insider, and uh, it's uh, been done. The actual survey has been done by the Australian aviation website airlineratings.com oh, okay. airlineratings.com right. I think we featured them before actually I think we, we have yeah, yeah. and uh, so we have a top 10 and uh, we're going to start obviously as we always do with number 10 so uh, Nev if you want to kick us off in at number 10 Number 10 is Japan Airlines. At number 9. Number 9, it's Cathay Pacific Airways, the flag carrier of Hong Kong. It's a new entry at number 8. Number 8 is Eva Air. Uh, number 7, please. 
Al Nippon Airways, the largest Japanese airline in terms of fleet size. Oh, it's a big airline, this. It's number six. It certainly is, and it's Emirates. It's uh, in five. Special one for Grant McCarran. This one is Virgin Australia Ooh. Airlines. In four. The unpronounceable <laughs> Qatar Airlines. <laughs> in three. G'day, mate. It's another one for Grant McCarran. It's Qantas. He is, he, there, are, there is more people oh, than okay. just Grant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in two. It's Air New Zealand. Oh, and Bully's special prize. It's number one spot. It's Singapore Airlines, the flag carrier of Singapore. Ooh. And I want to try them out. I really need to fly yeah. Singapore. And do you know what? One of the destinations where Gemma said she wants to go yes, is, is Singapore. Yes, it's flown by them. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So uh, well, maybe on the cards. Maybe on the maybe cards. Maybe on the cards indeed. Yeah. There we are. Yeah. Well. So we go. Quick top ten then uh, for the end of the uh, news stories there. And uh, if you want to take yourselves over to uh, Airliner Ratings. Uh, dot com uh, you can have a look on there and there's also some other good bits on that website uh, where they've done some various kind of um, reviews on different parts of the airline industry so t- take yourselves over mm. to there indeed what do you think the number one Nev Singapore oh great airline I uh, haven't flown Singapore for a while I think it was 2003 and 2004 when I went to the uh, Grand Prix in Melbourne oh uh, but, yeah, uh, yeah. yes uh, very very nice although on the way back because I was flying in the cheap seats back then. Uh, yes, the 13-hour slog from Singapore to Heathrow was accompanied by a very noisy child, oh. which I think went on for about 11 and a half hours. Oh, wow. Ooh, or it certainly ouch. felt like it. <laughs> okay, yes. But no complaints about the airline at all, even back then. Really good. So that is where we are going to bring the commercial news segment to a close. So uh, as we always do at this time of the show, we're going to hand things over to Nev to introduce the next awesome segment of the show. Great. Thanks, Carlos. Well, it's always superb, isn't it, when we hear from our listeners and they tell us about their aviation adventures. This is a great one because uh, our friend Matthew Buntingframe sent us in some audio feedback, which I've put a bit of pictures to. And uh, it's all about his flight with Evan Shue in the SR-22. G'day, guys. Any day you get to go flying is a great day. But the day you get to go flying with a really good mate has got to be one of the best days of your life. Listen to the tale of myself and my mate Evan Shu as we go flying in an SR-22. Any day your mate gives you a buzz and says, Hey Matt, let's arrange to go flying. What are you going to say? No, of course not. You're always going to say yes. That's what I did when my mate Evan Shue gave me a call to say, Matt, let's take up the SR-22. For you who don't know what an SR-22 is, it kind of looks like a Piper Warrior, but that's where the similarities end. The Cirrus SR-22 is a composite material aircraft, meaning it's made not of metal, but of carbon and fiberglass and a little bit of metal as well. That makes it really light and having an engine that has 310 horsepower makes it really fast. You might have heard of the SR-22 through other podcasts, Max Trescott and also Dr. Steph from the APG. The SR-22 has had a few accidents over the past few years, but that's just purely due to new aircraft and, and people getting used to it. 
not making excuses. And people can get complacent in this air- aircraft because it is super comfy to sit in. And when I say super comfy, it is really, really comfortable. Imagine kit out a Knight Rider and put wings on it. That's pretty much what an SR-22 is. It has a G-1000 cockpit, meaning that everything is all electronic. There's no steam gauges except for an artificial horizon on the, uh, on the pilot side. The shell of the cockpit is rated to 13 Gs, which means it's awfully strong. And it has a ballistic parachute. Right between you and above your head is a red pulley. It's unbelievable. It's just like pull down and out comes a rocket, boom, and there's a parachute and, oh, look, we're going to float down. Not a great way to finish up the life of a Cirrus, but at least you've got the option. Now, for people who like Airbus, the SR-22 is for you. It has a side stick, just like your A320, A321, 18s and 19s, your 330s, your 340s, your 350s, and your 380s. But it's not an Airbus. It's a Cirrus. Seriously fun. Evan is a great pilot. When I say great pilot, great pilots make you feel comfortable when you're in an aircraft. I'm a very comfortable flyer myself, but he is very professional at what he does, which made the trip we made even more enjoyable. I was able to have a chat with Evan before we took off, which I've recorded and it's going to play on after this. And during our flight, Evan did make a few recordings. Just to set the scene for you, Melbourne put on one of the best days it could have in spring. Blue skies, no wind, ambient temperature of about 22 degrees Celsius. Evan asked me, Matt, do you want to go flying over your house? Now, I live on the Mornington Peninsula, which is one of the most beautiful parts of Melbourne. Well, it's not Melbourne, it's south of Melbourne. Of course I said yes. I've got two beautiful daughters whom I told I was going flying and were waiting for me in their backyard. So, off we took and the plane just rocketed up to 2,000 feet. We had to put the power back to 75% and at 75% it was flying at 150 knots. 150 knots! So there we are, tracking down coastal at 2,000 feet at 150 knots. Going past fox bats and vixens like they were just little speed humps in the rear vision mirror. It was great! So we tracked down to Arthur's seat, hung a left, went over to Shoreham, went down to the edge of Western Port Bay, hung hung a right and headed west. Now Evan always had wanted to go and see Cape Shank Lighthouse, so we tracked coastal. Now the coast between Flinders where we hung the turn, and Cape Shank is very much like the rugged coastline of Cornwall. So it's very picturesque, very, very beautiful part of Victoria. Once we got to Cape Shank, we hung a right turn again and took a couple of photos and head back towards my place where my daughters were hanging out in the backyard waiting for me. I jumped on the phone, texted my wife, said, Hey, get the girls out the back. So they did. They went out the back, and there they were, waving at Daddy and Evan in the SR-22. Come on, you GA aircraft pilots out there, who hasn't done that one? Once we did that, we decided to head back to Moorabbin. Now, the time from wheels up to wheels down was only 40 minutes. If you were in a 152, it would have taken you over an hour. Going into this flight, though, I tried not to have any kind of preconceptions of the Cirrus. I thought, let's just take it on its merits. And I've got to say, it absolutely is a ripper. It's a great aeroplane, beautiful to fly. All you need to do is trim it up and a little bit of back pressure on the side stick and you're just there. It's just there. You're just sitting in an aircraft, headset on, comfortable. You're not having to fight anything and it just feels right. 
So we recorded a little bit before we took off, and Evan recorded some uh, some audio during our flight. Now it captures a lot of the fun that we had, so I hope that you enjoy it as much as we did. Anyway, for now, MBF out. Okay. G'day, Evan. How are you, mate? <laughs> hey, hey. How you going, mate? <laughs> Welcome to the Cirrus. Thanks, mate. How long have we been planning this one for? Oh, it seems like forever. So, but couldn't have asked for a better day for it. Yeah, you know, I... it's a severe clear over here. It absolutely not a puff of wind in the uh, in the sky, is it? So what are we what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? I think we might go and buzz your house. Buzz my house? Yeah, that sounds like fun. I'll have to let the uh, girls know to go out the backyard <laughs> and, and wave at daddy. We, we'll do it from a legal height. And of course, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But, um, yeah, time to uh, get in. I've done the daily. Uh, we've got plenty of fuel. Um, yeah, the the guys that went flying um, earlier this morning have said it's just smooth and beautiful out there, so I can't wait to get up and go. Just so that, that uh, people might know who Evan Chu is, but for those who are unacquainted with you in uh, the Avgeek community, who are you? Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a PPL uh, holder uh, in, in southeast Australia. I fly out of Moorabbin, uh, and we're here today. And I'm lucky enough to fly the, the Cirrus. Um, uh, for a year or two, I was flying the SR20, and only two weeks ago, I was lucky enough to upgrade to the 22. So that means a little bit more power, a little bit more load carrying capability. But the you know the outside of the aircraft and the interior is all exactly the same. So it's actually the the the, the change is a, a pretty easy one. So. Um, and I work for a, an EFB uh, producing company called Avplan EFB. So every now and again, I get to fly ourselves around the country for for the uh, the company. And um, we needed a way to carry more of us together because one one plane is cheaper than two planes. Absolutely, and, <laughs> and this has capacity for four people. Four people comfortably. Yeah, absolutely. The newer models even have a five five seat. Five so, seat. Mm, um, you probably wouldn't get five adults, but three kids. Definitely. Three kids. Yeah, ah, yeah. that might be something for you, uh, dispatcher Mike. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, um, keen to get some more hours in the in the twenty two. So I thought, what better way than uh, take my buddy Matt up? So uh, we might have a chat to you from the air. Yeah, sounds good. All right, this is MBF out. Evan in in this recording does a great job, and he's edited it out so that you can hear his clear calls in our communication and uh, also talking to ATC. So anyway, back to it. Here's the tape of uh, Evan and I in the plane. Okay, so... Hey, anyone's coming from this way? They're on the left. Checking on the right. We have it. Clear, so that's good. Baron on the right. Yep. Uh, we'll be behind him. Raven ground, good morning, Cirrus, Foxtrot, Sierra Foxtrot is um, in the southern runner bay receipt of Quebec, request taxi to 35 left for a uh, departure to the south. Foxtrot, Sierra Foxtrot, Raven ground, taxi only point alpha 8, runway 35 left. Taxi to alpha 8, 35 left, Foxtrot, Sierra Foxtrot. Raven tower, good afternoon, Cirrus, Foxtrot, Sierra Foxtrot is at alpha 8, ready for a uh, departure to the south. Sierra Foxtrot, tower, good day, clear for takeoff. Clear for takeoff, Foxtrot Sierra Foxtrot. Ready, let's go. Power's up. Full power. Temps and pressures are in the green. Temps and pressures in the green. Okay, 
Okay, so we're already 90 knots, so we need to get flaps up. Flaps up. Yep. Flaps up, flaps are up on the right. Excellent, so, yep. Delta pilots say a little bit of light chop. Yeah, that's it. So, it is at 500 feet, caps is available. Caps, well, we're on caps. Yep, so we'll uh, do it, start our turn. Yep, no one here. Okay, so we still need a lot of right rudder because it's uh, uh, full power, but we're coming up to 50 feet now. Yes. So we'll, we'll go head out to just near the water and then we'll uh, sort of okay. the, loosely follow the, uh, the coast down. Proceed. Incredible, awesome! Thing, that is so isn't it? so cool. <laughs> yes, great, wasn't it? Really, really good and uh, very entertaining as well. The the, the guys are just uh, their, their enthusiasm 
Friddle is just so infectious. I think, I think that the, uh, one of the best cards, Auntie Liz said, they're, they're just having an amazing time, aren't they? That's that's yeah, that's yeah. the best thing. Yeah, two mates up in a what sounds like a beautiful aeroplane. Oh, uh, yeah, it is. It sounds like a, a beautiful bit of kit. Yeah. It's uh, No, I really enjoyed that. Guys, thank you so very much thank for sharing Thank you, yes. We, we were actually saying we need to have them on as guests very shortly, actually. Cause we, we do. We haven't had yeah. Matt or uh, Evan on for a long, 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 long we time, do. so we need to yeah. put that right, I think. But, uh, yeah, no, thanks for, for sharing your your day with us actually while we're talking uh aviation related uh general aviation um i went up in <gasps> a piper 28 is that right was it is it a piper 28 yeah <laughs> get me uh a piper 28 last uh saturday with a certain Did you? excellent um <laughs> pilot and um i might have even held the controls for a little while <laughs> <laughs> I can confirm he he did. I mean, I wasn't there, but no. uh, I've, I've obviously seen the uh, the the video playback yeah. that you got, Matt. And uh, Matt did fly the aircraft in question. He was he was in control. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Armando's actually in the chat room as well is, at the moment. Yeah. He can confirm that Matt uh, was uh, PIC. Pardon? Pilot in command. Oh, no, well, no, that's completely not true. <laughs> and the reason why it's completely not true is because all I was doing was holding the 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 that thing, whatever that is. The, steer, the steering joystick. wheel, <laughs> whatever that is, um, and uh, and uh, I didn't go anywhere near the rudder or the pedals or anything like that. So, uh, but it was an incredible experience, <laughs> and hopefully that's going to be going out on next week's show. That's Woo-hoo! the plan. Um, we've got a little bit uh, to, to to play out from that. I'm I'm having a hard job editing it down to a, a manageable bite-sized I'm piece. I'm sure you'll be all right. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so hopefully that's going to go out uh, on um, uh, next week's show. But uh, you, in fact, are going to see Armando tomorrow. Yes, I am incredibly lucky indeed. Armando and me are going to be having a little um, flight tomorrow morning uh, mm. in the PA-28. We're going to, I don't know where we're going yet. I don't, I don't know whether Armando's decided where we're going to fly to. Uh, could be Spain, France. Uh, we don't right. know yet. Oh, okay. um, but uh, no, we're going to have a little flight tomorrow and uh, hoping to try out a new camera that mm. I've just brought uh, in the uh, in the cockpit as well. And uh, obviously um, Armando will have a camera there as well. And we're, we're hoping to put together a nice little bit of content for the show um, with the flight and stuff. Um, because I've only got myself... Probably mm, about an hour's worth of uh, flying in a PA-28, so it's all kind of new stuff to me. I'm used to the old good old 150 and 172, mm. but we'll see how we get on anyway, but uh, looking forward to yeah. that. Poor Nev, nevertheless. Is, poor Nev is a bit left out on this one, really, isn't he? Yeah, he no, I, I was just impressed. Uh, well, certainly the video that I've seen so far of you and Armando, uh, Matt, it was <laughs> absolutely superb. And actually, the video quality was really good. Yeah, he's got uh, himself... Actually, I'll give him I'll, uh, credit where credit he's got himself a nice little setup there actually mm. um, and uh, yeah recording the audio and stuff it was nice to be able to sort of hear the the sort of record um, you know the chat that we were having very much like what um, Matt and Evan have, have done it's a similar similar sort of setup really but uh, yeah anyway that's enough of that we'll, uh, we'll be coming back to that uh, in, in the weeks yes. to come looking forward to it Matt so next up on the show then we have got a little bit of some military news to come and then uh, later on in the show uh, we have of course got that little bit of uh, audio that uh, Nev yeah, had some, yeah. with Tony S mm. which is really good as well so that's coming up after the military so if everyone is ready for some grey stuff I'm ready are you ready Nev yeah let's go grey <laughs> Thank you. 
So the first news story on the military segment this week is on FlightGlobal.com's website. And I must say, I'm always a great believer in recycling things. I hate to bin stuff. It's <laughs> nothing worse than the right. getting rid of stuff that uh, is good for Perfectly other purposes. Perfectly serviceable. Yeah. And uh, this particular story follows on from that. So Bahrain uh, receives... Ex-Royal Air Force Hercules. So Bahrain has taken delivery of uh, its first two ex-UK Royal Air Force Lockheed Martin C-130J tactical transports. Acquired via the UK Ministry of Defence following its retirement from service, the aircraft underwent depth maintenance at Marshalls Aerospace, uh, which is based at Cambridge here in the UK, and Defence Group, uh, which uh, is an awesome place to visit. If you're in the UK, uh, Marshalls is a huge site at Cambridge, and it's a great place for plane spotting, just to put that out there. Uh, so Flight's Fleet's uh, analyzer shows that the aircraft, which uh, now carry the Royal Bahrain Air Force Registration 702, uh, the aircraft in question is uh, 19 years old. Uh, Marshall said the work also included some minor modifications and a full aircraft repaint. The UK company is also responsible for providing Manama with elements of an initial operational capability setup to support the type's introduction. Bahrain's acquisition of uh, the surplus Royal Air Force aircraft plugs a previous capability gap, as, as it was the only Gulf Corporation Council nation with no tactical airlift assets. Its first Hercules is expected to make a debut appearance at the Bahrain Air Show, running from the 14th uh, to the 16th of uh, this month. Uh, delivery of this aircraft sees the first government-to-government transfer of a C-130J, and the Kingdom of Bahrain enter the C-130 community as a new operator, says Matthew Harvey, Marshall Aerospace Defence Group's International Sales Director of Military Aerospace. The UK MOD opted to retire the Royal Air Force short fuselage C-130Js while retaining its stretched examples. It also has sold two examples to Bangladesh, while another is to provide logistics support to the US Navy's Blue Angels aerobatic display team. Now, it's good to see, obviously, these aircraft are incredibly well-proven aircraft, the Hercules. It's, you know, I'm not a mil- big military person, as you all know, but I do love the Hercules, and obviously, when you go to Riyadh, if you get the chance to go to the uh, Royal International Air Tattoo here in the UK every year, the uh, various um, air forces that take part in the uh, air show, I think nearly all of them have uh, one of their uh, Hercules on display there, and it's always good to see these proven beasts in the sky. So, Matt, moving on to the next story, and again, this one is uh, on Flight Global. Yeah, indeed, it's uh, on Flight Global, as Carlos says, and the headline is um, uh, UK confirms new deal for uh, for 17 F-35Bs. So the UK Ministry of Defence has ordered its next 17 Lockheed Martin F-35Bs as part of a 255-unit multinational framework agreement announced by the US Department of Defence. Confirming the deploy... The development, sorry, on the 15th of November, the MOD said the 17 new F-35B aircrafts will be delivered between 2020 and 2022. This corresponds with the program's 12th through 14th lots of low-rate initial production. The Department of Defence had the previous day announced that the F-35B, the F-35 program partners and foreign military sales buyers would take a combined 149 aircraft under an unidentified an un, um, 
definitalized contract. I'm not even sure what that That's word means. That's a big word for a Friday yeah, night. It is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and in a said contract action deal with Lockheed, along with 106 for the U.S. Armed Services, it said that the international offtake would include 18 of the short takeoff and vertical landing B model, in addition to the U.K. and the U.S. Marine Corps. Only Italy has so far confirmed purchases of this variant. A total of 16 F-35Bs have so far been delivered to the UK for use with the Royal Air Force's 617 Squadron at Marham in Norfolk. And during test activities being performed in the USA, two other aircraft have yet to be handed over from previous commitments, meaning the total orders for the UK now stands at 35 units. The nation uh, maintains a total commitment to acquiring 138 F-35s over the life of the program. It's good to see we're spending some money anyway in the uh, UK. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realise we had any Nev. I, I don't know, know what. <laughs> well, it's about time we did, frankly. Yeah, it? absolutely. Yeah, so you know what, with all this uh, Brexit excitement going off, I'm amazed we have any at all. Mm. Mm, indeed. So, uh, Nev, the uh, next one. Yeah, this is on uh, the Air Force Technology website. And it's about the very popular T-38 uh, trainer aircraft. That's uh, One of these has crashed at uh, Laughlin uh, Air Force Base. Um, and uh, the Air Force Base, um, which operates this aircraft, uh, this is in southern Texas. And the accident at the aircraft's home base sadly resulted in the death of one pilot whilst the other crew member has been injured and sent for treatment uh, to the local regional hospital in uh, uh, Texas. Uh, the names of the two crew members have not yet been disclosed. But whilst the emergency responders of the Laughlin Air Force Base are assigned to the lo- location of the accident, the Board of Officers will convene to investigate the crash and identify what caused the accident. Additional details of the accident will be provided uh, when, uh, as and when the information becomes available, the US Air Force said in a statement. Uh, the accident is reportedly the fifth crash, crash involving the Talon trainer aircraft in the past year. In September of this, uh, this year, uh, a T-6A a Texan II military trainer aircraft deployed with the U.S. Air Force 12th Flying Training Wing was involved in an accident near Rolling Oaks Mall in San Antonio in Texas. Last year, a T-38 was reported to have crashed a few miles from the Texas base, killing a pilot instructor, reported the Air Force Times. The T-38 Talon is built by Northrop, Northrop Grumman. It's a 14 uh, meter long twin engine high altitude supersonic jet trainer that can be deployed to carry out a wide range of roles. This has previously been a very uh, reliable aircraft and has had a good in service uh, history, but uh, they've had some uh, problems recently by the sound of things and uh, a very, very sad ending for this one. Yeah, the T 38 Talon uh, advanced trainer. Uh, was uh, first flew actually in 1959 on the 10th of April. Introduced into service 1961. Primary users being the US Air Force, United States Navy, NASA, and the Turkish Air Force as well. Oh. Uh, there's been just over a thousand of these built. And uh, if you want to go and grab yourself one of these uh, down the local uh, Talon T38 shop, uh, they'll probably set you around back around about uh, 6.17 million dollars. Uh, for one of these, uh, mm. which is not bad, six million is it for? Uh, mm. Cheap at half the price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
I'm gonna. Do, we're just gonna break off from the military actually for a moment. I think it's. Uh, was it Richard? I think it was Richard King. Yeah, it's just uh, just emailed the show actually while we've Ooh, been on. Mr. Air, King, thank you. Uh, with a, actually a drone story that he's literally just found. So oh, I'm going to break the drone on, is he? Yeah, stop it. Uh, oh. Anyway, so this is the uh, I'm, the S U A S news. There's uh, the business of drones. Anyway, so uh, it says the UK DJI Phantom Flyer fine forfeit first. So the National Police Air Service, the MPAS and CAA in the east of England have successfully prosecuted a case against a drone flyer <gasps> flying Bravo Victor uh, Lima Oscar Sierra. Um, so Sergei Moan flew his DJI Phantom 4 more than half a mile uh, to go and uh, have a look uh, he flew it more than half a mile to go and have a look at a police helicopter searching for a missing person. He flew directly underneath the police helicopter. At first, the helicopter crew thought the drone might be being operated by the fire service, but quickly realised that it was not the case. Oops. They broke off their search and followed the drone to watch the 37-year-old landing it in his back garden. Officers on the ground were made aware of the location of the landed drone. It is alleged that Moan told the... The first officers on the scene that he did not own a drone, but a police sergeant arrived, arrested him, and on searching the property, the Phantom was found hidden in a loft space above the bathroom. Uh, so here's the official take. It says the National Police Air Service, the MPAS, and the UK Civil Aviation Authority welcome the successful prosecution of a drone user who was found guilty in Peterborough Magistrates Court. The case sends a clear message to drone users that unsafe flying is totally unacceptable and that if you break the laws covering drone flying, you could go to prison for up to five years. Sir, uh, Mr. Moan was found guilty on two charges, fined £184 with £280 court costs and forced to forfeit his drone which is interesting so i wonder whether they they uh, confiscated it often because they're not the cheapest things to buy these uh, dji's uh, no, indeed um, the dji's are supposed to be pr uh, pretty good ones, they're very they? good yeah yeah, yeah, yeah they're very good yeah. But, uh, and in and in sensible hands of course oh, they yes. are uh, they are amazing bits of case kit uh, <laughs> Sam, have you have you seen the fine i mean 184 it's pounds. It's not enough, is it, really? <laughs> with 280 pounds court costs. Yeah. Well, I could do more than that uh, by driving my car too fast on the M40. That's a um, Ryanair yeah. baggage fee. That well, quite. Yeah, or or to print off your boarding pass. Yeah. Well, um, there, there is that. Yes, that could well be the case. I mean, it, these fines are just completely inadequate. That mm. They have got to be, you know... They have to send a message, don't they? Surely. Mm. Yeah, and they've not done that essentially, no. have they? Really? Let's be honest. Um, anyway, sorry to interrupt. Um, mm. no, there, but uh, no, thank you for sending that in, Richard. Obviously, do please do that. Uh, uh, do please send in your stories uh, if you get them, especially while we're on air, and then we can include them sort of straight away. Um, but uh, yeah, could it's... I just say that I'm I'm not really up on drones, and I used to think that a, a DJ DJI Phantom was some sort of um, sort of chap at a gig or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, it's something that Carlos would do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Much love to you all as well. Yeah, indeed. So, Actually, I'm just I've just found the uh, the video that the, the the police took of it. So let's uh, let's see if we can see. can you just oh, see if you just see the little drone underneath oh, where it's been look. duly spotted. Um I think it's safe to say that uh, he's going to have regretted it. But to fly it more than half I mean a small part of me is impressed that he was able to fly it fly it nearly half a mile away from his home and still have excellent range i mean that's that's really quite um quite impressive let's be honest 
So we are going to finish that military segment then for this week. Yes. But we have got a little piece of audio. Nev, what is this all about? Well, I don't get a chance very often to go up to the northeast of England, but um, this week I managed to do so on some business uh, stuff. And I thought, oh, I know who lives in the northeast of England. Tony S. And so I gave him a quick call and see if to see if he was around. And we had a very nice lunch together, actually. We had a good old chat. So just a, a very short clip because, um, you know, I didn't want to disturb him too much. But it was nice to have a, a chat with him and uh, get a bit of feedback from him as well. Well, hi, everybody. It's Nev here. And uh, for a nice change, I'm up in the northeast of England, which is in Darlington. I'm at the Tapas Bar in the, near the centre of Darlington. And who should I bump into but Tony S. And we just had a very nice bit of lunch here. How are you, Tony? I'm very well, thank you, Neville. It's lovely to meet you again. It's been uh, a while since we met last. I think it might have been Duxford last year when we uh, met. So it's uh, nice to meet up again and have a chat about aviation. Yeah, brilliant. That's the nice thing about these sort of things, isn't it? We just have a good old chat about stuff and photographic gear and video gear. And uh, have you bought any more photo gear since I last saw you? Uh, I'm trying not to because it's uh, very addictive for photography. Um, you can spend an absolute fortune. So I'm trying to um, rein me spending in a little bit and just try and get the best out of the equipment I've already got. Brilliant. So um, what's the plan for next year? Did you say you were off to React? Um, yes, uh, and we go to the React Air Show again, which is uh, it's a go-to air show for me. I, I think I just go every year to, as long as it's on, basically. Uh, it's, I think it's the best air show. I know people say about Oshkosh and places, but uh, yeah, I, it's the highlight of the year for me going to Riyadh. Brilliant. And um, we're just talking about your local airport here, Teesside. Um, what sort of operations are there from there these days? Well, rather disappointingly, not a lot. We, we have KLM connections to um, uh, Schiphol uh, three times a day, which I suppose is a, a, a good hub. It's a gateway to the world, really, isn't it? So if you don't mind paying a KLM premium, it's, uh, it, it's a good connection. But uh, there's a few flights to um, Aberdeen to support the local oil industry and things like that. But no, it's, it's generally a fairly quiet airport, unfortunately. I'd like to see a lot more. Yes, yeah, a pity, isn't it? Because those regional airports are, are really important. Well, as always, Tony, brilliant to see you again. Thanks very much indeed for talking to us. Uh, thank you very much, Neville. It's lovely to meet you again. Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. The Voices in Your Head.com. The Plane Talking UK podcast is a voluntary project that aims to keep you informed with the latest aviation-related stories from newswires across the globe. Producing our content does cost money, though. If you enjoy our show, why not help us keep on the air by making a donation towards the server and website hosting fees through PayPal? Any contributions would be greatly appreciated. Are you an Amazon user? If so, why not do your shopping through the link on our website? There's no cost to yourself, and Amazon pays us a small referral fee on qualifying purchases. To find out more about the show and to meet the team, take yourself to our website website www.plaintalkinguk.com or find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com thanks, thanks for, for listening, listening. fly b5823 trent dane for two three hour manchester with air 6x climb flight level 210 direct to Bretman's park United, one, two, three, maintain two, eight, zero knots. Tandem 2DME, Tim 
air traffic control for today, Nat. Bedtime. So we came up with the idea of having a video course. Obviously ours are, are better because we've got the experience on the aircraft and we know what we need to be looking at. Something that myself and Andy started initially really to improve our own technical knowledge and put something out there. We saw that there was a gap and this wasn't a media that was being used for this purpose and our hunch was right because there's obviously a market for it. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to fly a commercial passenger jet? Looked up at the sky and thought, I wish that was me? Well now anyone has the chance to have a go at flying in a real aircraft simulator. NP Simulations and Flight Experience London, the only official Boeing licensed product of its kind in the UK, offer you the chance to fly anywhere in the world in their fixed base Boeing 737-800 Flight Simulator. And that's not all. Ground School London offers many different courses for the up-and-coming pilot looking for a start in aviation. With prices starting at just £109, the sky's the limit. So for the ultimate flight simulator experience or engaging preparatory courses, including those for schools and colleges, check Check out the websites at www.london.flightexperience.co.uk and www.groundschoollondon.com or call on 020 340 616. NP Simulations. Fly your dreams. It's always good to hear from Tony. It is. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Everyone Definitely. agrees in the chat room that uh, Tony's got an awesome accent. Absolutely. Much better than our posh toffee nose. <laughs> what the... <laughs> oh, is. That's what we call a proper regional proper accent. Proper regional yeah, accent. Yeah, Love very it. true. Indeed. Uh, now, Carlos, you've been sending me emails of random pictures uh, of stuff. Yeah. So I want you to explain, please, before I feel like I'm going to get arrested <laughs> or something. <laughs> so uh, earlier on today, um, I uh, had a uh, little visit round to my cousin. And, and now, uh, now, this is the cousin that normally lives in Australia. She does, but yeah. She's, she's here lives in Australia. She's at home at But the she's moment, living yeah. in the UK at the moment. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I went and saw my cousin and, uh, and my two little cousins, uh, Oscar and Felix, and uh, love to see the two boys because they are awesome little lads. And it's safe to say that uh, it's, um, I mean, Felix is, is a lot younger, but uh, Oscar has got the awesome aviation bug just oh, like me dear. like it like carlos right. you know and uh, i've just got a little picture here that matt's going to put on the screen for those of you guys watching in youtube and uh, you could probably see the aircraft here that little oscar's <laughs> holding there and yeah. uh, obviously it's uh, an awesome airline that we all know and of love course, here yes, in the uk absolutely yeah the orange um, one i'm not quite yeah. sure about the actual model of aircraft um because it's a scare bus but um you know he well, he, obviously, it's going to be the A320 or the A321, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, it's probably it's the, the A320. A320. Yeah, yeah, it's the yeah, A320. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, it was awesome to see. And I tell you what, guys, he, he really does love his aircraft. Yeah, I bet your cousin is horrified. <laughs> no, actually, Vicky, Vicky doesn't mind. Bless her. She, she doesn't mind. I, I think, you know, she, she's well aware that uh, mm. all the uh, presents that that uh, uh, the boys will get this Christmas will all be of an aviation, aviation theme. Well, it's, be it's better than, air than, than trains, I suppose. It, it's <laughs> got to be better than trains, <laughs> yeah, or motorbikes, because yeah. we don't like those oh, don't either. We? Oh, right, no, okay. we don't like those oh, either. But no, it was great to see that see the boys, and like I said, he um, he does love his aircraft. <laughs> and Jonathan Warner says, oh, poor boy having to play with a scare bus. Right. Oh, okay. I know. But yeah. no, it's, uh, I know Vicky's watching now, she's watching the show, so uh, hello to you, cuz, hope you're okay, and uh, <laughs> I expect the boys are safely tucked up in bed, and I, I should imagine 
imagine that Oscar's probably dreaming about uh, being a pilot. But, well, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So we're going to start to wrap up the show then uh, for this week. Uh, a big thanks again to everyone who's joined us in the YouTube chat room this evening. All the usual family members in mm. there uh, across the globe watching tonight's show. And also a big thanks to everyone who also downloads the audio show as well via iTunes and Stitcher and Podbean and all the amazing places where Matt uploads a show to each week. Uh, Neil Lallemander says, my missus is complaining. Apparently four days uh, after the holiday is too long to have not unpacked. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think somebody's in trouble there. <laughs> just a little bit, yes. Absolutely. But uh, if you want to send us some feedback to the show, just like uh, Matthew Bunting, Frame Evan, and mm. uh, obviously everyone else has done, where can they send the feedback to? Uh, you could do it any way you like, really. You can send it to us on uh, via Facebook, if you wish, or you can tweet it to us if you will record it within the messaging functions of those software. We can really extract it from them. Or the easiest way to do it, to give me less of a headache, is to send it to podcast at plaintalkinguk.com that's podcast at plaintalkinguk.com you can use that for uh, written feedback as well which we'll read out on the show if you ask us to so uh, yeah you can get in contact by that to find us on Facebook it's facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk our Twitter handle is at plaintalkinguk uh, our Instagram is at plaintalkinguk and uh, yeah the website www.plaintalkinguk.com so Nev what do you got planned for this uh, weekend? Any exciting uh, things? I think after his day today, I'll lie down in a darkened <laughs> room, I think. Yeah. I'm a bit worn out after yeah. today. However, uh, I interviewed, <gasps> or sorry, I didn't interview, uh, Captain Nick interviewed uh, Sir Richard Johns today, and uh, Nick uh, reviewed his autobiography, which is called Bolt from the Blue, from Cold War Warrior to Chief of Air Staff. And uh, we'll be offering this as a prize because mm. uh, Sir Richard very kindly <gasps> signed, signed the it, book yeah. Ooh, for us absolutely. today. So yeah. our Christmas competition, we've got some great prizes actually yeah. lined up and for I've, this year. I've got, already yeah. got the idea oh, already, what I'm going to oh, do oh, yeah, right, for the okay. competition. Right, so brace yes. yourselves. Stay tuned, lovely. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, some great um, so prizes there'll be a lot of editing of the interview yep. that we did uh, and I think we've got enough material uh, to uh, put over several weeks, to be honest with you. We've got a nice, absolutely fascinating gentleman. We think we've got a nice little six-part series don't we? Uh, I think so, yeah, yes. And, uh, yeah, I'm absolutely that. delighted that we had the opportunity mm. of interviewing uh, Sir Richard and uh, Nick, of course, did an absolutely super Yes, and, and of course, our personal thanks to Captain Nick, who, uh, whilst being one of the busiest podcasting people in the entire world, as well as doing a full-time job, of course, is very generous with his time on our show, yes. and we are eternally grateful to him for all the, the help Also, he we've just uh, had the clearance to use my Gibraltar interview yes. uh, that yes. uh, I uh, did a couple of weeks ago, so we may well be playing that on next week's show as well. Mm, indeed. Well. I think at this rate, next week, we're not going to talk at all. There's going to be no, no stories. We've just got videos yeah. to play out because yeah. uh, our lives are, the, are that exciting, everyone. Yes. So, Matt, what have you got planned this weekend? Anything exciting? Uh, this weekend will be mostly spent doing pretty much naff all, I've got to be honest. Are you going to be playing possibly with the new uh, uh, Yes, yes. The, yeah, um, I've actually got a completely clear, an unexpected free weekend. So I have uh, a computer from work that I need to urge repair and uh, yes then the next job is to uh, give, retire the laptop as we were, were talking yeah, about the poor before. laptop poor, poor laptop just worked very hard so yes yeah, so work in the studio basically and you, you, you want a tablecloth in here don't you yes I'm getting a cloth he, does, he doesn't like having no, no tablecloth it's here it's, 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 it's a plastic table what do you expect 
<laughs> Three little modifications, that'll be fine. Oh, um, but yes, uh, no, I'm printing off some because I've got some photo papers. So I'm going to print off some of those pictures. Yeah, I've got some. Uh, I've got some photo. Papers. I'm going to go do some uh, ones as yep. well, which uh, Mr. Warner sent in. So yeah, Indeed. don't forget for those of you listening as well. Again, if you want to get some photos, send mm. them to us, email them to us. Yep. We'll get them on the wall Absolutely. behind us here. We want to see this. We, we don't want to see the wall. We want to see your photos. We want to just see your photos. Yeah. So, so email uh, them across. Email we'll print across them off here. Us. Don't worry about having to get them printed and posted. Just email them to us as high resolution as you can. We'll print them off and put them up on the wall here. Yeah. Uh, I do Bing. feel we need to... Mind you, I suppose BA is, BA is being represented in the NevTech studio, isn't it? So I suppose yes. we don't really need... Uh, yes. uh, we do need... We've got a nice uh, yes. picture behind that, that nice A380 behind me with yes. my, my children. I think the big question, Nev, yeah. is um, obviously on everyone's um, breath is, have you worn the Concord socks yet? <laughs> well, actually, I was going to do that tomorrow um, just to give them a bit of an outing. So, I like uh, how here we they had are. them to and, hand. Um, <laughs> a small part of these They're by. rather sweet, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you think so. Uh, <laughs> oh, excellent. So uh, don't forget then, guys and girls, to uh, join us again next week for the show episode 234. That'll be next no, week. 244. Four. 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 We're on 243 two, now, four, four. Yeah. And uh, also, um, don't forget to uh, look out for the Christmas competition. We're probably going to announce that within the next couple of weeks mm. towards the end of November, beginning yeah. of December, to give you all a chance to enter that. And uh, that should be quite an interesting yes. lot. But and we as, have, so, as soon as we finish the show, we're going to have a, 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 a crisis conver- conversation about Christmas and what we're going to oh, do. Oh, yes, what we're going to do. Because we do desperately need to get some plans in. So hopefully yeah. we'll have some uh, uh, stuff to share with you next week about yeah. what's coming up with our various Christmas episodes and things. So, uh, so uh, thanks again to everyone who's joined us this week. Have a great weekend, whatever you're doing in the world. Stay safe. Fly safe. And uh, yeah, and have uh, have a great uh, have a great weekend, everyone. So from me, Carlos here in the PTUK studios. Goodbye, uh, Nev. Have a good weekend, everybody. Take care. And from me here in the studio as well. It's time to say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. to read out your last comment in the chat room uh, 